our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sim. Hello, Sonia. I was going to say thank you for having me, but I just realized that <laughs> that's just my email voice coming out, my like conference voice, just being like, thank you so much for having this meeting with me. It's amazing how different personalities come out. Like you genuinely have a corporate email tone. Like even in our business meetings, we'll be like, okay, let's circle back to this later. I hate when you say that. I hate when you say circle back. I'm like, That's I feel it. disgusted when I say it too. I was like, oh, that phrase is not allowed in my company. <laughs> Guys, I've gotten some very aggressive feedback about my corporate terminology when we have meetings about girls that invest. And now you know too. I just wanted to say before we get into it, I have fallen in love with this podcast called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. It's like a little hack because you get to listen to like an entire memoir or like autobiography by a celebrity, but you don't have to read the book. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going through Will Smith's one right now, but the podcast is like slightly problematic because they make you end up hating every single celebrity. Like they break them apart. I think I'm going to end up hating Will Smith by the end of this. You know, Will Smith will be like, you know, I was in love with this woman and then think she like spoke back to him in a way that was disrespectful in front of his friends and he lit her clothes on fire. And now I'm getting the criticism and how you would lean towards not liking Will after the episodes. Because it's like his perspective, right? So he's going to paint it in a way of like reflection and like I was wrong and, you know, these things shouldn't happen. And I'm still, I think I would still say I'm still a Will Smith fan because I haven't listen or read the book myself i'm just listening to someone's opinion on it but anyway huge tangent this week on the show we decided that we would talk about the tinder swindler because sonia you actually have not watched it yet i have not despite social media pressure to watch that documentary on netflix why not i don't know i think i just succumbed to the pressure of watching euphoria and so I was like, let me just focus on one thing at a time, you know? I haven't watched Euphoria yet, but I have watched Tinder Swindler. So I wanted to talk about it and be good to hear your perspective as someone that hasn't seen it and kind of just dissecting some of the themes that have come up 
in it. And if you haven't watched it, there are going to be a few spoilers. So, you know, if you want to maybe watch it first and then come back and listen to this, you might enjoy it a bit more. But if you just want to listen to our perspectives, we'll include everything that's relevant. So to set the scene, Sonia the Tinder Swindler is this dude, right? He's in his mid-twenties. He is basically a con artist and he's like, in short, scams women out of their money. And he has scammed $10 million from women so you can tell he's like a professional you know he's not just like a this is something I do part-time to like buy myself some Gucci loafers like this is his lifestyle and it's just so interesting so he basically sets up a system where he love bombs women on tinder that's where he meets them and he comes across as this very wealthy guy and he sets the scene really well with women so he like he's clever with how he does it and so he's not like trying to act like he needs money straight away he like meets these women he'll be like hey let's meet at like the four seasons which is like a very bougie hotel chain and then he'll be like hmm I'm going on like a business trip to Paris do you want to just like jump with me on my private jet and he has like a bodyguard and assistants and like business associates like who in their right mind would be like this is a scam you know and he's hired all these people to play the part so they're in on it too well that's the thing I couldn't work out if these people knew he was scamming these women or if like if they were just like I'm being paid to be a bodyguard I'm just a bodyguard or if they were in on it but it's wild so basically he pretends to be like a billionaire's son with parent that is like a diamond like he works in diamonds they they source diamonds and therefore like you know and it's a real family so if you search up the diamond company the diamond company is there and he has gone as far as to have articles about himself being incorporated into these not to say they're like real articles but if you search up his name you'd like see him on these websites and see him like photoshopped into photos with these people so just setting the scene the man has done his background work right my initial thoughts is that He's in this for the long game. As you said, he does this full time because that is a lot of effort to love bomb, take them to different trips to set up this entire perception. How long would this go on for before he asked for money? So basically he like meets these different women. They show three women in the show. In the first one, he like, so he like meets her, meets her at like the four seasons. You see how it happens because, you know, she's like, wow, like the sky seems really nice and it's just going to be a fun adventure that I can go and like go on a plane with him. Like I've never been on a private jet before. He seems legitimate. And so he would love to bomb them by like buying them lots of expensive things, taking them around on his plane, having all these like, like they would spend nights together in like fancy hotels and like he'd treat them out to dinner. And then a month or two in, he was so clever and so like devious with how he would do it he would send them and it was the same pictures and videos he would send them a picture of his bodyguard like bloodied up a little bit in the back of a ambulance and he would have a video just being like hey like the bodyguard just got like attacked I have like these enemies that are after me because you know I work in the diamond industry and it's there's enemies he wouldn't say like what they were there for just like we have enemies they have attacked the bodyguard and he's got like a little bit of like blood on his shirt as well and you never really work out if someone did attack them or if they self-inflicted it or for all we know the bodyguard could have tripped and just like really injured his head and there's like bits of blood falling down his face so he sends these same videos 
to these women. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm in a crisis. Can you send me money? And so imagine, like, I, the first thing I kind of want to bring up, so now that we've set the scene, is that a lot of the memes and, like, the jokes online are people being like, if a man asked me for 10K, I'd be like, I'm really sorry you need that goodbye which is fair enough you know like if anyone came up to you now and was like hi you're really pretty can I have some money you'd be like there is government assistance like let me introduce you to some people sim would coach the person through how to get this money themselves so it puts the accountability back on them I'd be like hi I don't know you but I can teach you some side hustles a stranger comes up to you and that's the first thing you say it's all it's all I know I am a product of my environment so the first thing I wanted to tackle was like I don't know it was like almost disappointing that so many people were like they weren't victim blaming directly they weren't like these women are stupid for believing him but it was almost like a sense of well I would never fall for it you know if someone asked me for like 10 grand 20 grand because like one woman the first woman she was scammed out of $250,000. And I think it's just really important to realize that when this stuff happens, you don't think with like a level headed mind with no context. Like when you get love bombed, it's a very intense experience. And when someone shows you no reason to doubt them, like if you Google them, everything's legit. They have like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Like there's all these things that we consider as like fact checking. If you've passed all that, how are you meant to know otherwise? I have two thoughts. My first thought is people saying, that could never be me. I would just be like, bye so quick. You will get humbled so fast when you're in that actual situation and what you actually do compared to the outside looking in. Like we're watching a documentary, right? It's like screaming at the TV when there's like horror movie on telling them to run or go the different a different direction because like, first of all, they can't meet you. Second of all, like, again, how are they meant to know? My second thought about all of this is I have a lot of opinions when people put the blame straight on the woman around accountability because it removes all of the empathy, you know? How were they raised? What have they been through? Love bombing is so intense. You know, what kind of traumas have they had in the past to make them believe this man who's in trouble, who's manipulating them? And you're right, like, if you've fact-checked and gone through all the steps that you usually would when confirming things about a person when you're dating them, like, what would the red flags be? That's such a good point because it's the exact same concept of, like, if women get injured or women get into, like, abusive relationships, it's like, why didn't you see it coming? Like, you know, the way he raised his voice at one time or take a taxi home instead of trying to walk home by yourself. Like, there's all these things that can happen. And I know this is not, like, as intense to be like, oh, you should shouldn't have given someone money, da, da, da. But it was just really interesting. And I think as much as I would like to assume that it could never happen to me and like I would never give money and I would, you know, encourage them to start a side hustle, I can imagine that in a certain context, let's just assume I'm 39 and I'm like, I need, I want to settle down. Like I'm almost going to hit 40. Not to say this is what happened to those women. Just like I can imagine for myself, despite acting really strong now, I can see myself being 39. I have the family pressure of being an Indian woman and being unmarried. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for love fast. And there's this wealthy dude that's like, I'm obsessed with you. I want to take care of you. Like, let me shower you with love and affection. Like my ability to think straight 
for myself, not to say other people would act like this, but I know myself. I know I would probably fall for something like that. Like I can imagine my guard being slightly lower. I call myself a little bit of like an FBI. Like I can social media stalk the shoot out of someone. And so if I like find that man's social, see he's got articles about him online, see him literally in photos with this like diamond industry, I would consider myself a psycho if I was like, nah, can't be true, you know? Yeah, but you said that he actually spent a month or two like taking them around and seeing it with their eyes, like being in that physical moment in that private jet and being taken on those experiences like this man put time effort and money into these women which again like maybe i'm just a paranoid person and i have a hard time believing men in general but <laughs> after social media stalking even if you had a bit of doubt about that being put into that experience that also is like chick 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 in your list right yeah And that leads me to the next point that I had, which is in the story or in the Netflix show, the first woman, she does a really good job. So she's Norwegian and she does a really good job of kind of explaining her thought process behind it. And she was like, you know, I just never, she's been on like a thousand Tinder match. She's got a thousand Tinder matches. Like she's been on that app for a while. And she was like, I've just never met a man that was so like, let me take care of you. And she's like, you know, we grow up as women watching Disney shows and movies. And she referenced Beauty and the Beast about like, you know, being like a woman who meets a man that's not perfect. And she kind of like loves him into changing from a beast to this like handsome prince. And so when we have like context like that, that it's not like, you know, front of mind. I don't think women grow up being like, I need to fix a man. But I think there is pressure or like societal expectation, man or woman, where for some of us, we look at partners and we look at them like, hmm, they're a diamond in the rough. Like we need to like polish them up. And when you meet a man like that, like the Tinder swindler, and you probably start to see some red flags popping up here and there. Like maybe he's like not answering questions properly, or maybe he's disappearing for long periods of time. You almost start to see it as like, oh, that's just his flaw. And I'm here to like fix it. You're right. Even if you didn't grow up in a society that outwardly puts out those messages, what are the movies we're watching, the TV shows we're watching, Disney movies, all of that make this ride or die so prevalent. So when you get into a relationship, it's kind of like hard not to not to think that way. It's not like partnership, 90% the women making all these sacrifices, 10% the men doing it. My question is, is why can't men be the ride or die? Do you know what I mean? That's very true. That was like the third kind of opinion that I gained from it just like wait we really just do get taught about like being the right or die like there's almost like a level of pride so so to give context in the show what happens is when he would get in those situations so he love bombs them sends them all this love flowers gifts always talking to them making them feel really important and then he kind of shows himself as being like the man in danger like oh my god babe like these guys are after me i'm really scared i need your help It's not like he was targeting very high net worth women. He was just targeting women that could get loans. And he'd be like, can you please just like get an Amex card in your name for me? Can you please like get a loan for me? And he would do it in a way where like, you know, you're you're stressed and you kind of think this is a life or death situation. Like he's in the diamond business. I don't know how bad these guys can be, but if they've attacked his bodyguard, who's like this big buff guy, 
the Tinder swindler was not like a very big man. And so he would get, you know, you'd almost be like, oh my God, like, yeah, of course. You do kind of get a sense of like, I'm just helping out my man. You said they're not particularly well-off women. They're just women who could get a loan. Did the documentary kind of go into like how he sought these women out or was it just like a quick tender conversation back and forth? You kind of know what they do as a job and then like go from there. The way that the documentary showed it, because they didn't interview him, they offered, they were like, you can come on. And he was like, no, this is like defamation. Like none of this happened, of course. But if you watch it, you do get an idea of like the three women that he chose are all like beautiful, blonde, and they're all European. What he would do is he would get them to like take out loans. And then one of the women was like, you know, my Amex card is maxed out. I can't give you more money. And what would happen is he would just say to her, like, you know, call up Amex and be like, no, no, this is me making those transactions. And they will take the, like the limits off. Cause they might think that you're trying to like your card has been stolen or that someone else is trying to do it. Tell them, no, that's me. That's like buying all these fancy things. And he would For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increase revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Hire them into his company, give them pay slips and kind of show that make like $5,000 or $10,000 a month and then be like, give that pay slip to Amex and show them that you actually make a lot of money and then that way it'll increase your limit and increase how much of a loan or an overdraft you can get and then he would just take more and more money the thing is like it's not like these women were like okay like sounds good they were nervous they were like are you sure like this is a lot of money but when you're in love with someone and they have been so loyal to you for enough time you almost like just want to believe them because you've already lost like 10k what's another 5,000 and it's like what's another 2,000 what's another 1,000 and it just keeps adding up how did these relationships end So basically it got to the point where I think this is really interesting. Like this is scamming 101. If this is what you want to do, this man has it down to a T. So, you know, he would say to them like, thank you. He'd be like, firstly, thank you so much. Like when it kind of got, when you like realize that this is probably as much as I can get out of this woman. And by the way, when he was scamming this money from these women, he was using that money to then spend on the next woman. So he was like, in the process of love bombing and like taking another woman out on trips and like showing her around and like going to Monaco and stuff. And when he would get to that point, he would be like, okay, thank you so much. So let's say he owed them $250,000, like a quarter of a million. He'd be like, okay, I've written a check for you for $300,000. 
like I'm paying you more to say thank you. And he would send them, a, you know, like when you send money to each other, like through bank transfer, mm-hmm. there'll be like a screenshot to be like, this money has been sent. And sometimes you like send it to your friend to be like, I have paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he would do that and send a screenshot and be like, yep, yeah, look, like I've made the check, like the money has gone out. And the woman would be like, okay. And they would like wait for it to come through and they would like contact the bank and the bank's like, no, like we haven't seen anything come in under your name yet. And then they would call him up and he'd be like, oh my God, like, why don't you believe me? Like I'm, I've sent it, like I sent you the screenshot. Like, And he would basically be like, I sent the money. I've done my part of the deal. If you don't get that money, that's like on you. Like I've done my 50%. But the truth is he never sent the money to begin with. How do, How does this end? So basically he keeps doing it to people. The first woman gets in touch with a journalist and is kind of like, this has happened to me. And these journalists do more than the police have done. And they track him down and they take photos of him. They like catch him. They like recruit the second woman to like meet him again and they catch him and then the third woman she's like a badass she like she's like oh my god i'm not gonna get my money back so she like pretends to be on his side because he's starting to like get like articles and stuff about him because he's already been caught with the second woman and she's like come over like give me all your fancy clothes i will sell them for you to help you get out of the debt that you're in because no other woman was like helping him at this point and so she takes all of his clothes sells them and then she keeps the money because he you know he'd wear like gucci and prada and like louis like very expensive clothes and what she does is she like texts him one day this is something i would do like remember how we talked about like being a bit of an fbi so she messages him one day on whatsapp realizes that the message hasn't sent realizes that he said he was going to be on a flight to somewhere works out what flights are going out right now finds out what flight he's on based off the time that the text message sent but didn't deliver. You know, on WhatsApp, you get like one tick for sent, two ticks for delivered. She calls up the police and is like, I believe he is on this flight. He's going to arrive at the airport at this time. You need to catch him. So they do, but he doesn't get charged um, for too long. He's, I think he's in jail for like 15 months or 10 months, something really small. What I wanted to talk about very quickly was... Where where do you think, like, for everyday people, where does our responsibility kind of lie when it comes to giving people money? Like, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on this are very complex. And I think for me personally, I've been in situations where I have given large sums of money. And in terms of who I've offered it to, they were either close family or close friends or who I thought were close at the time. It's funny because I think you opened this conversation up a few weeks ago now on Instagram and it was really interesting seeing the different responses that people had to, would you loan someone 10 grand, for example, because that is a lot of money. And I think we have very different views on this as well. Again, I don't want to say I would never do that. I would never do this because I just think you get humbled so quick when you say stuff like that. I think a lot of people, when you did ask that question on the gram, a lot of our community members did say really logical things like, if you're going to do this, get a contract, get a lawyer involved, like secure yourself um, as much as you can. I think where I need to get better at, and this is something that I'm learning and I want to be more like this because I think it just goes back to our culture and you know I'm also an Indian woman if you didn't know you know you take care of your family you take care of your 
friends. Like if you have the bare minimum for yourself, that's fine. Like you can sacrifice a little bit of your comfort or your, you know, self-assurance or your financial safety. And you can give that to someone who probably needs it more than you or that you have perceived they need it more than you. It's kind of less about you and more about that person in need, which I've seen it with my family. Like I've seen it with like my grandparents giving away money and then they suffer for it. Um, Even my dad is like this. So I'm still unlearning a lot of things about that, but maybe that's why I empathize with these women on like a different level. So I guess to sum up my thoughts, I think it's a case by case situation for me. Yeah, I agree. I think in my head, I used to be very like black and white about it. And and I used to think like, no, I just don't see myself lending money, which is, I guess, kind of harsh now that I think about it. But after having a lot of conversations myself and the community and the Girls Invest Facebook group and our Instagram, I realized like someone mentioned, well, like, what if it was an emergency or like a health scare? And I was like, oh yeah, in that case, like that makes total sense. Like without thinking about it, like I'm not going to be here sitting here being like, if I have access to money and someone is in danger that I'm going to be like well would they pay me back like that's not a line I want to draw I think for me like when it comes to like helping people that are close to me I would and I really did kind of like the idea of either having a contract or just accepting that this is going to be a gift as opposed to expecting money back because I can say that you know, my financial situation has changed drastically in the last couple of years. And it's really a privilege to say this, but like if I did lose 10 grand, like it wouldn't put me on the streets. I can kind of say like I'm in the position where I could gift the money and it just makes sense to do it that way. Cause a lot of comments and stuff were coming out where people were like, I gave so-and-so money and then I saw them like spending it on going out or they were like living a certain lifestyle. And I just think It's not fair to give someone money. I mean, it's human nature. Like we're going to do this, but it's not fair to give someone money and then like critique the way that they live life and how quickly they're giving it back to you. Yeah. I think one of the things that you have to accept if you don't have a contract in place is especially if you're giving it to family or a close friend is sometimes you kind of just have to deal with the fact that if you're giving someone this money, then you're probably not going to get it back. And if you've come to that conclusion that that's how it's going to go, it will bring you a greater peace giving that money in the first place. So I guess that's kind of a good place to wrap it up. You know, we kind of spoke about the thoughts that we had about Tinder Swindler, like the idea of how we really just have an issue with the blaming of the victims as like the first step, like just don't scam people, you know, like that's a really good place to start. And yet we're also kind of growing up to perceive that kind of behavior as like courageous and honorable to like be a ride or die for a guy and to kind of see certain flaws like that as, oh, it's okay. Like I'm, I can change him. And I don't blame any woman or what man for like growing up and thinking that way about a person. So I guess what we wanted to leave everyone with was a couple of tips to stop scamming people. Tip number one, if you see a woman and you want money from her, leave her alone. Tip number two, don't lie. Tip number three, if you need financial help, there are many ways that you can receive this. But if you do take money from someone, pay them back. I'm glad we're leaving it on that note. I think you can turn to any situation and when when people discuss this as well, it's always like, these are the red flags to watch out for on the person that you're dating and stuff where it's like, let's change that message to 
be a good person. I'm just so over the like, how to save yourself from being scammed. Like, just stop scamming, you know? The bar is already so low. I think that's an entirely <laughs> different, conversation. <laughs> different conversation. And let us know what you think. So with that, a couple of things before we leave. Girls That Invest is on Instagram, on Facebook. Check us out there. Please leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this episode on Apple and Spotify now, you can leave reviews on Spotify. And with that, here is our disclaimer. Alrighty. So disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. All right. Till next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim.